0: welcome to these fucking teenagers gossip girl glee and the sociology of teen soaps i am matthew rather and with me as always is ryan shealy hello
1: Hello, I'm pretty sad for you to be leading this podcast after after having you know a few weeks of, of being being the uh, podcast furor under my belt. I really I thirst for power. I you thirst know, for the control, uh, you know, the hegemonic control over the podcast.
0: Uh, well, yeah, like, I, as far as I'm concerned, we can do it in a cooperative, uh, you know, partnership, and order will emerge endogenously, as it were, from our interactions.
1: I mean, that's interesting, all right? So there's different theories about... how uh, how how sort of institutions emerge. And one is that it, it kind of is you you move towards a uh, sort of an evolutionary framework that you move towards a efficient equilibrium, right? So that since we, there's an interest you know, the system will tend towards order we will talk our way into a sort of good cooperative understanding. But then there's other kind of theories that say that no, it's actually about power and bargaining. And so that, that institutions that you see and arrangements that you see as equilibria are not necessarily Necessarily the most efficient, but it's those that sort of reflect those with um, with bargaining power, and so you actually have to look at the political contest that leads that behind institutions, and not assume that the institutions are there are the most efficient or fair or mutually agreeable. So let us have let us have the great contest. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh, if you are if you want to listen to the great contest,
1: hey, join in, you'll join be, in, yeah, be, right, be the exactly. third Podcaster,
0: you'll be glad to know. Uh, Uh, Well, you'll be glad to know several things. One is that you can email us at podcast at com, and we will get – we'll get our own email address. I just am – since I'm a trade school student, I am uh – you know, very, uh, I'm, I'm very slow at these things you right could, now. You could,
1: you could build, you could build the, uh, the, the email address out of like uh wood and, right, exactly uh, yeah. yeah, right.
0: Exactly. And it would have, you know, really, really great compound miter joints that I did on the, uh, you know, on the radial <laughs> arm saw. No, it wouldn't be a radial arm. saw it would be a, uh, rota- <laughs> it,
1: it would be a like rotating- <laughs> how you would take, take apart compound miter joints, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It would be a rotating chop saw is what you would use to do a, uh, to, do a miter joint. It would rotate to the angle. Anyway, um, yes, podcast at com. You know, I just, I show up uh, from school like uh, tired after a long day of manual labor.
1: I know it's hard, man. We are well. let you know. We even we are both in the uh, you know intellectual coal mines. Uh, <laughs> you know, yours is a bit more has a bit more physicality to, to uh, it.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm in the coal mines of the soul, I suppose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the coal
0: mines of humanity, the, the uh, emotional <laughs> coal mines. Uh,
1: but um, uh, yes, but it's exhausting, man. It's it's tired work, yet we still you know find time to to provide for you, the listeners, to, to just you know to to, to really harvest those pieces of our coal that have become diamonds and, and give them to you, uh, the listener uh, so uh, podcast <laughs> this isn't it, but this isn is. 't about us <laughs> <laughs> no, and we 've been taken to
0: task for that many times before podcast at overthinking dot com or twenty fat jog zero one that 's two zero three two eight five six four zero one We would love to play some uh, listener voicemails. <laughs> on the show and Would I we? Think, <laughs> well we I mean be forewarned we will mock you mercilessly uh, if, if you do call but and probably uh,
1: swear at you and yeah, probably tell exactly, you that, that exactly. uh, Bill Murray has a cameo in Zombieland
0: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you see I didn't know who it was but I, this is the thing this is what I do you know when I step into the arena with uh, with Ryan Shealy I want it's a social to say, contract um, yeah. Uh wait before before, before, we get to, before we get to that, I want to say that you are still getting this on the main Overthinking It podcast feed, but we are now in the iTunes store. We're not yet searchable in the iTunes store as we record. Uh, it may be that by the weekend we get searchable in the iTunes store, but in the show notes I will for this podcast, I will include the link to the, uh, to the iTunes store that'll open iTunes and go to the right right podcast page for you so that you can subscribe in itunes and after the weekend the first weekend of november uh 2009 after that weekend uh we are no longer going to be on the main overthinking it podcast feed so go to overthinking com, find the link get on itunes and subscribe to these fucking teenagers uh separately and Be warned, as always, that we are going to swear our little dirty mouths out and that uh, everything is fair game as far as spoilers. There will be no warnings. For example, Rosebud is the name of Citizen Kane's sled. Bruce well, who Willis? doesn't
1: know that? That was spoiled to me by a song on Animaniacs Bruce, when I was uh, uh, when I was like ten.
0: You see, that's that's interesting because if you don't know, it's a spoiler. I mean, if it's if it's not a spoiler you care about, is it still a spoiler? Bruce Willis? Fucking, is, how about this? This Bruce fucking Willis.
1: sound quality. You 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 just skyped out, man. Bruce sound quality, is Sound dead. quality is fucking terrible. Bruce Willis
0: is dead throughout the entire uh, Sixth Sense and in the no. Wire in the final season. No. Don't Omar say it. Dies. No. No. He and shot. he is shot randomly and meaninglessly by a small child. Speaking of Omar dying,
1: speaking of Omar dying, I saw Omar living. Um uh, and this is not a kind of miraculous uh uh resurrection, but uh at, here at the at a uh, uh, the the prestigious, the prestigious university in which I am uh, uh, by which I am honored to be employed uh, there was a panel uh, last night on uh, the wire implications for politics and public policy uh, that featured um, a number of faculty members. God, from, man, the sound
0: quality! What are you doing? Banging your, your fist against the microphone?
1: Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, once, once I get going, I get, I get revved up just thinking about the wire. Was that what, well, no. So my, my boom mic kind of slipped down. And so there was no really gentle way to kind of nudge it back up. Um, I hate it. I hate it when your boom slips down. I know. I'll tell you what, that's what she said. Um. (laughs) Sing! Yeah, so the the panel... So it included, well, so it was, um, I actually really, I guess if I really stretch, I could remember the names of all the actors. But it was, you know, I think with all the characters of The Wire, um, even when they appear in other things, I call them by their their characters' names, right? So it was Detective Kima Griggs, um, The uh, Lesbian. The lesbian uh, and, and when she was introduced, definitely at least several people in the audience yelled, "You look fine girl um, <laughs> uh, at her um, and then Omar uh, was there uh, without a shotgun, thankfully, and then bubbles the uh, the sort of junkie uh, most, most possibly the, the the hero of the wire or the the, the sort of I'd
0: argue that uh, Bubbles is the hero of the wire. he's like I would coaches." That he uh, is—he's like cockroaches. He will—he will survive under any conditions.
1: Well, that's right, and and actually, so um, I think that the the actor who played Bubbles, Andre Royo, was kind of, I mean, he had almost some of the most most value added, right? Because it's, the question is, what do you want when you have a table full of social scientists and a, a table full of uh, actors talking about, you know, the political and policy implications of the TV show? And so, what? Yeah,
0: happened- in a way, the actors seem like the worst people to to ask about something like
1: well, that. Well, right. I mean, so with Omar, I mean, it was cool. Just, I mean, Omar was very impassioned and and was cool but wasn't like you know other than the fact that once you got past the like wow I saw this guy on TV a lot and now he's talking in front of me like I mean it it was it was a lot of like celebrity it was a lot of the like you know you just as well go hear George Clooney talk about the Darfur right like um but I think what was really cool like the two best um uh segments you know so there were six people on the panel each person got like Two, like, you know, five to ten minute segments, and so Bubbles, you know, said um, a little bit about how he was, you know, when, when he was researching the role, he spent a lot of time with junkies in, in Baltimore, and what he found is that even though there are these people who, like, you know, are, like, less than nothing, they still, you know, even, even if you have nothing and you are nothing, you don't gotta roll over people, and you, you can still treat people with, like, a basic amount of decency, and that was one of the main things that he was trying to capture in that portrayal, And I think that that was like just a very small insight that you know, you know, as he was mentioning that, it like made me think immediately of a number of scenes from throughout the season, and it was you know, it was actually a a way where you know, like a statement, you know, he was talking about his craft, you know, about acting, but it had you know, political implications, and that was more profound and interesting than you know. Uh, Kim Gregg saying, "You got to go and volunteer in our urban inner city schools. That's what you got to do." I mean, which is true, um, and we should. But I don't need an actor to tell me that. Um, and then the other really, the, I think the best sort of statement by the, the social scientist was this um, by a guy named uh, Brandon Terry, who's actually a political science PhD student at Yale, um, but was a undergrad at Harvard and was asked to be on the panel. And he just did a close reading of Two scenes, um, one uh, both from season four, one in which uh, Bodhi gets shot and then the one in which uh, uh, Marlo sort of shoplifts a, a um, shoplifts a lollipop from a convenience store. And the security guard says, you know, why do you do this? I'm right here. You know, you, you're not going to respect me. You know, you're just ignore that. I, I pretend I don't exist. And Marlo says, you know, you want it to be one way, but it's the other way. Um, and, and he did, Brandon did a close reading of those two scenes and sort of, you know, what the kind of political and moral implications of those two scenes were. And it was, it was awesome. So I think the people who did it well, you know, they, they, you know, spoke from their discipline, but engaged, you know, the, so the, the, the good social scientists engaged with this as a, a work of fiction, as a work of art, um, that has implications, and the actor is sort of, you know, the good act- speeches by the actors dwell, uh, sort of dwelled on the, uh, the the political implications of of what they were portraying. So, I mean, it was just, I mean, the energy was just tremendous. Right, I mean, rather, was, than,
0: well, rather than being, what, a kind of generalized sort of rah-rah, si se you know, uh, right. go team, you know, teach for America kind of thing. Right,
1: right, right. And, and whereas a lot of the, the other two academics were more like, See, I mean, we're just like, yeah, The Wire is like really unflinchingly realistic and is, you know, an important vehicle for like as an important teaching tool. I mean, one of the cool things is that uh next year um a course will be offered on The Wire wow. uh, taught by William Julius Wilson, who's a preeminent uh urban sociologist. Um so it's going to be on The Wire and um and and sort of urban policy. Um, and I will probably audit it. Yeah, I'll bet you will. <laughs> um, and then someday maybe he will uh, audit my course on uh, Gossip Girl and uh, and uh, Gossip Girl social theory and uh, and public policy.
0: Yeah, and the implicate the implications for public policy. Well, okay,
1: okay, so let's get into that. Let's get into that because well, it's, uh... let's let's let me. You know, I've been talking a lot. So Matt. What do, as you you know we're actually a good representation of this panel right because you are the uh, uh, the tradesman and uh, <laughs> I am the social scientist and so we'll see if we can you know do do what the good parts of the panel did and so you know as someone uh, who's schooled in the, the 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 cultural the cultural crafts <laughs> <laughs> yeah no
0: that's why that's why I say actually my experience with actually well both I mean my academic background is in literature. Mm. You see, I
1: well, you, you, I'm, don't, you don't say. I, I,
0: it, <laughs> I'm struggling to articulate this because I actually I'm trying to write a, a lesson. Being in acting school at UCLA, I, I want to uh, to be a teaching assistant in the English department, which is my you know my only area of any kind of academic competence. Uh, for for the reasons of the you know the stipend and the the benefits that it has to your educational fees. So um, I'm trying to to put this in a way that... Uh, neither undersells myself nor overstates the case, and to say you know I was an English major in college, I think undersells myself a little bit, and to say that perhaps to say my academic background is in English literature overstates the case i don 't I don't know but that's academically that 's where I come from but i'm i uh, 'm in trade school now i mean i 'm in acting school, and that 's why I say like the actors are bad bad people to ask mm. about the uh, you know, about the real social science implications because when acting is done well, it's really, um, it is a non-intellectual pursuit, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And intellectual acting ends up being... Very boring, you know I
1: mean, would you put like i mean i, I don 't know a lot about um, you know sort of approaches to acting I mean, would you put more kind of methody acting on the more intellectual side of approaches to acting or um, i mean wh- what what is the range of kind of well
0: the, i uh, mean I, look, I think the best acting is like the best. Uh, child's play, right? Where it's it's just kind of the person is just imaginatively engaged in the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that um, uh, without being without being either self conscious or kind of overthinking it. Uh, it's it is a non-overthinking pursuit, um, but I'd say like the, the here's what's intellectual about so-called method acting, which was a, a an approach that had its roots in uh, the Russian director Konstantin Stanislavsky, and then he came to America and influenced a bunch of. Uh, uh, well, a bunch of New York Jews, essentially, right, uh, who who were the second generation of the Yiddish theater. Mm. Uh, and they, in the 20s, formed something called the Group Theater, which is where your big acting teachers uh, uh, and and sort of big directors of the era come from, including Lee Strasberg, Sanford Meisner, mm-hmm. uh, Stella Adler, Harold Klurman, who was the director associated with that group, um, and these, you know, and then these people all went uh, went their own way, and then uh, Dennis, they're
1: all my favorites, right? all yeah, 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 yeah. All they're all, all they're all so good. Yeah. I mean, it's to- <laughs> who do you, you know? It's like it's like uh,
0: apples. It's an embarrassment of riches. Anyway, so Strasberg, who is the guy who we associate with the the method and method acting, and actors like Brando or James Dean, uh, was his thing was about um, something called affective memory. Uh, memory of feeling. And so you um, write, I have a sad scene in a film and I, uh, I remember the time that my dog died and I was sad. And then I can deploy that memory uh, in order to uh, portray the sadness mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in in the play, and I think that this is like this is in fact I think over intellectualized because it takes you out of mm-hmm. it takes you out of the thing rather than like good you know play when kids uh, Balinky another writer on the the blog you know write like. Uh, uh, has a, a four year old son, and you know, the kid whose name is Oliver likes to play Star Wars. And mm-hmm. when he's playing Star Wars, when Oliver's playing Star Wars, he's playing Star Wars. He's not like remembering the time when he felt very powerful, and so he's like Luke Skywalker. He's just playing fucking Star Wars. And that's, yeah. you know, not that we need to get into a treatise on on like the theory of acting there is an extensive literature uh surrounding it which is which is 99% crap i mean it's more most crap it's most crap than uh than it, it is, has a higher proportion of crap than any other kind of academic writing, I, I would say.
1: Wow, that is a, that's a you, uh, you you I mean that that's a I mean I don't know at a certain point you're just getting into decimal point places. Yeah, well, no, um, it's, it's true, <laughs> but it still is. I mean, it's still, you know those so like each, by one one hundred thousandth of a percentage point. Hey, plate. look, How I'm is saying
0: that? is each decimal place is an order of magnitude.
1: Fair enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So uh, right, so these are not like the people who are good actors are people in a way who can turn that thinking brain off and just kind of go, go do it. Right. And like, it's funny. But does that, that
1: mean you're a good actor or a bad actor? Cause <laughs> you did start a site, uh, that, that is called overthinking it. Well, I would never, I would
0: never claim myself to be a good actor because that would be too, uh, that would be a little too full of myself. But, uh, I think this, the, the skill for, for an overthinker like myself, uh, is in, is in switching it off. Right. Uh, for a particular for a particular reason. Or for right. a particular time Anyway So right So well, Bubbles, as, an,
1: as he, an actor And Bubbles as he's
0: an, not talking about He's not talking about Like postmodern institutions You know what I mean no, He's no. talking about Look these are the people I lived with This is what their Immediate world is like And this is what The human interaction Is like Among right. these people And that's I mean That is what an actor Can Can I think value, Valuably <laughs> Tell you And actually You see You see people I guess you said Who Sonia Sohn Or mm-hmm. Right Yeah Sonia Sohn um who is sort of overreaching and trying to make a uh a, a public policy claim right. based on you know ba- based on on uh on what she did, but look, I mean, I think we can go straight into Gossip Girl from here. Well, I was just going to say, well,
1: a... as an as a lowly uh, unth- unthinking actor, right. uh, you know, tell tell me what you see as the, some of the policy uh, does. Is is it folly to uh, talk about the public policy implications of, of Gossip Girl? Uh, or, or 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 what is what's there? What's to it?
0: No, it's not. And I look in Gossip Girl, it happens on a number of levels, and I think each one functions slightly differently and should be should be addressed separately one is the interaction of the characters with uh with various levels of actual government so Mm -hmm. recently chuck bass with the the liquor uh license with municipal government because that's handled at the city level or uh of nate's dad what's his name archibald Mm -hmm. with Mm um uh wait is the uh is the dad archibald Yes, and the mom's... Yeah, he's mom's and moms are are banned. Banned. The
1: yeah. captain. I think they call him the captain, right? right. Oh,
0: the captain, yes. So, um... <laughs> that's obnoxious. Uh, right, his interactions with the federal government and the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, you know, and things like this. Uh, or, um, you wrote a, a very good post pinpointing uh, the instrumental use of the police by mm-hmm. both Serena and her mother, to different ends, right. but, you know, in the same way... Uh, as far as seeing the police as essentially a private paramilitary right. force, rather than being an autonomous uh, arm of the state serving public aims.
1: Well, and this was uh, this came into play again in the most recent episode, exactly. the episode that uh, that aired this week, uh, in which you know, so so Chuck is uh, you know unable or struggling to uh, get a um, an alcohol permit um, or whatever the correct permitting is, license or whatever for his. Um, for his for the bar that he's opening in his new hotel, um, and you know, he obtains one, um, but then it's you know revealed that it's that it's a fake. And you know, figuring this out, he calls the cop uh, cops himself um, to sort of bust up the, the party as a as a tool for creating buzz. So here, the police are not even like a. Paramilitary, they're a they're just a cog that can they produce an effect, right? But like the you know it's the 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 sort of effect that they're being used for is orthogonal to what their purpose is, right? It is right. You know they are a you know when a police go somewhere where there are celebrities, it will create attention, right? And that's usually thought of as a side effect of you know the the main task of law enforcement. And here, like the the um, you know, the bar getting shut down is a side effect. Of of getting publicity for the business, um, right? And so I think it's it's exactly the same type of um, um, mentality.
0: Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, okay. So that's that's one. One level.
1: last thought, though. So and and I think we're going to continue on this uh, trend because next week's uh, episode is going to feature the congressional election of. Um, of, of Nate's cousin, Trip Vanderbilt, um, and so we're at, it's actually cool, because I think this is actually the first time, I mean, there's been hints at sort of the electoral involvements of, of some of these families, and you know, sort of, you know, it's alluded that Nate's grandfather is a master politician, there's been talks of internships, but this is actually showing here, you know, I think we're going to see something, you know, without even seeing it, I'm going to predict, you know, it's going to per- portray an election as not a, you know, uh, the elite each side of of electoral politics, right? Exactly, right? It's
0: not as not as an aggregation of autonomous right. actors, right? Uh, right? right, each, right. Of, each of whom is uh, equal right. with with every other, but right. rather as the uh, inevitable result of machinations at the highest level,
1: right? So it's at, at the best, it's a contest between elites, right? It's a, right, it's exactly. a, yeah, yeah. So it's a constrained,
0: you know. Don't uh, yeah, don't 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 blame me. I voted for Kodos.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, right. So I think that – right. So the, the, there is a um, – it's a very particular depiction of – right. So it's, in some ways, it's it's that political side of, of Gossip Girl is kind of um, – it's 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 the mirror of of what what you see in the in the wire right so it's the other side of the of the class uh of the class uh lens in which sure
0: but there, the, i there's... mean look as far even though as far as elite goes i think the point in the wire is that at a certain level the these institutions take on a life of of their own
1: sure i mean it's i mean we've talked about this before and this actually came up um several people actually mentioned this, both actors and social scientists, the, that that the wire is very highly structural, right? And that um you know, that was like what was mentioned. I, I mean that was like came across again and again. And you know it, it made it. Right, me and feel the choice,
0: an individual's choice is like in well, how do you treat other people within the strictures of this? It's not like right. can you rise above your your station. Uh,
1: right. Right. The, but um, it's it's very it's very much in the you know the 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 the, the it's very much in the margins, right? Uh, the, right. the space for agents um, sure yeah, and, and, that, that's and, what
0: I was going to say is that the the possibilities for agency are are like uh extremely circumscribed
1: right 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 whereas in in i mean I don't know the the gossip girl also has a fair amount of structuralism but uh, structure in it, but I think that there's also much more of a vision of kind of 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 reworking these and rewiring these and and kind of um you know it, it, it it's it's a little more its it's definitely not you know purely i don't know do you think it's pure? much more firmly agency based or is it kind of somewhere in between no, kind of i you know what
0: I don't think it is agency based because there will never be a threat to uh the elite considered abstractly as an entity right And that's and you know what I mean. And like someone may, like Nate's dad, for example, since he's come up, like he may fall from grace individually from that elite. But the possibility of a you know quasi-Marxian revolution, where you know I don't know, they march on Petrosian or something like that, or they you know they (laughs) they march on per se in the Time Warner
1: Center. Yeah, exactly. On (laughs) on Firebird because it's a rush. Right. right.
0: (laughs) This. This is not, or uh, Park Avenue, right? They they march up Park Avenue. This is not ever going to happen. Well, there's
1: a strong class assimilationist story here, right? Both Dan and Vanessa, you know, and Jenny, all three of them, who are the kinds of, you know, questionably middle. You know the non-elite are are you know uh, in a variety of ways assimilate. Oh, um, crap, Vanessa, and, and, we
0: could do a whole episode. I mean, I think I think the assimilation of Dan versus the assimilation of Vanessa is an instructive kind of story about maybe one of the things Gossip Girl is getting at. But that's not. I mean, that's not this.
1: Let's stay. I think we'll get that. We'll get that next week. Though, maybe it seems yeah. like Vanessa's back. Um, it seems um, not not to you know do too, too much forecasting, but just <laughs> just based on the uh, the the, the trailers. Seems like um, the the Blair is going to almost you know now that there's a new Blair Serena feud reignited it looks like um, uh, Blair is going to draw on uh, on Vanessa as a resource and there's going to be at least a temporary alliance between the two of them um, if I uh, had. It, if I had to predict, that's
0: fascinating. I mean, uh, uh, okay, so now that now that we've gone down this rat hole, let's um, you know, uh, let's just say Vanessa's mother was fantastic, right? That's true. Was in one sense completely a straw man for the for that you know what vermont hippie ben and jerry's kind of what did they say we're we're organizing the the, the, cheese,
1: the cheese the cheese producers in burlington in or burlington
0: something. vermont we're organizing yeah. the cheese producers i mean
1: everything out of her As mouth though, was yes. a cliche of like the futility of of this kind of pro- like not even the futility just like how the like, it was it was out and out ridicule well, it, 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 the idea being that she's just not even you know in the you know the right ballpark. Like she's just like um, it, it's that said, this she has world.
0: she has a point about Vanessa who has turned into a real bitch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to to wonder though. You know, it, maybe maybe it was always there, right? Like you know, maybe maybe it's it's you know, I guess. It's, but
0: Vanessa was the one in in you know season 1 saying no talk to the talk to her be honest with her telling Dan be honest with Serena you know what i mean don't be don't be fooled by all this sort of glitz and glamour don't be fooled by the trappings of uh, legitimacy, right Like, uh, you know So you
1: think that Vanessa used to be a good person I think if you went back and did a close reading You could probably make a pretty good case That she's always been a, a, a shitty, selfish person um, And and that everything that she did That, you know, it's uh, one of these people That like, oh, oh, look at me Look how altruistic and caring I am Oh, look at how moral I am Right, and Dan has, Dan's character has this too Dan's pretty much shed that All, all pretense of that You know, dating a movie star And driving around in car service, and I think, um, I I, you know, because here's the thing: is that anyone who really rejected this would 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 write themselves out, right? So anyone who actually was a good person. It wouldn't be a principal character in the show. Well,
0: sure, right, yeah, absolutely. There was a um, there was a great line on Dollhouse the other night, which I which I still watch, where uh, they were talking to the the scientist who you know I don't know turns the people into the zombies. And who
1: was um, uh, who was uh, Yale 04 um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was in Morse. Fran Kranz. Um, he's great in the show yeah 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 he's um he did some he was in like the exit players or something and he yeah. had like done some acting before coming to yale but yeah i i watched one episode um i watched the one where i don't know the chick kills a dude does that mean anything no i mean no. that could be like any of half a dozen Is that, really that happens a lot but yeah. oh i saw a recent one i saw one like Last week, I think. Um, I think it was last week's episode.
0: Oh, oh right, right. Exactly. It is, it is that particular episode uh, to which I refer. And there was a line, there was a line in that where it's, where it's uh, you know, where the, the boss of the dollhouse said to him, said to our friend Morse O4, uh, you know, most of us working here in the dollhouse were chosen because of our compromised morals. You, on the other hand, were chosen because you have no morals at all. And this is like I think you're describing the the um, I think you're describing the world of Gossip Girl in a way like every everyone there is
1: dirty. Well, there's a selection process, right? There is. I mean, I, I, I mean, as as someone who sort of makes inferences for for a living, um, you know, it's it's, uh, it, it's 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 hard to say that, you know, Vanessa. Um, was turned into this By her environment Because she's chosen She's not removed herself from this environment And so it's very likely That there's some kind of a self-selection The fact that she is still drawn Into this world means that there's This is with the, at least the seed of that Is within her right um, So you know like we only really Know if it was the kind of nature or the nurture If we randomly assigned Vanessa to this Environment and, and saw what happened But I think that the fact that she's still here Indicates that um, that that even the the, the th- part where she seemed more like a good person was you know just her being being selfish and but, so the difference between like you know Vanessa season one and blair all through the way was just a lack of self awareness right and sure, so that, or
0: that, that the, the range over which her selfishness uh, is expressed right, has right. has broadened or at least right. shifted maybe not broadened. Right.
1: Let's, let's 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 bracket this. I uh, we'll, I think we'll get this over the next few weeks. Right. I think you were, you were talking also about another. Yeah. Um, oh, well. I want to move.
0: I, I mean, I want to move down uh, levels successively because there's a there's a um, there are actually a couple of levels of of uh, social. Power Mm -hmm. being exerted. And it seems to happen, I mean, it seems to happen over several different domains, right? One is what we can call high society or Upper East Side society, which is partly coextensive, though not entirely coextensive, with uh, like Constance Billard Mm -hmm. um, high school. Uh, click mm. click right. politics. Right. Though it seems, I mean, and it actually, this is perhaps not realistic that, the, I'll bet that those, a, any viewer of the Bravo show NYC Prep will tell you that no one gives a fuck who PC is, right? Like,
1: Right, th- right. That, um, but that's a selection process too, right? So I read an article, there's a really good New York magazine article about that show where they interviewed a few anonymous kids who also go to their schools and say, well, you know, um, these kids aren't representative because they chose to be on these these show uh, on these shows. Anyone who chooses right. this is it's a little bit weird. Whereas, uh, like
0: in the actual in the actual like highly wealthy, the upper reaches of wealth, you find them very publicity averse.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But so, uh,
0: but this this is I mean, so these are two domains that are that are partly coextensive. Let's say, right that that there is you know society. Uh, high society, right? Like with mm-hmm. debutante balls, and you know, I don't know, and tabloids, and is you know Serena with Poppy Lifton in the tabloids, right. and and things like this. And then there's the which is, I guess that's, I mean, that seems like it's mostly functional, like it's mostly a plot device, and it, and doesn't really matter for the uh, for the the sociology of Gossip Girl. Far more important, I th- I would contend, is uh, the um, the high school. Uh, social hierarchy, which uh, Jenny Humphrey now is uh, has clawed her way to the top of, or i guess was was set at the top of
1: yeah by Blair. I mean Blair anointed her that it was it was a, a sort of uh, um, you know, there was a a plot arc that's kind of stretched across from you know last season's finale right. all the way to um, all the way up to you know a few episodes ago, and then and then uh, the most recent episode mm-hmm. where Blair kind of anoints Jenny as the new as the new queen of this of the kind of local uh, social order, right? Um, and then, I mean, what what is your what, you know this is an interesting thing is like what is the purpose of the queen right so there's a plot point where uh, a few uh episodes ago uh where jenny's first decree as queen is to declare there's no more queen right, right. Uh, and she wants to create an anarchy um essentially and and what happens a very, is that, a
0: very virtuous anarchy
1: right right exactly right an idealized in fact let's call of, it
0: an i'm okay you're okay"archy
1: right right right, right, exactly um and th- so there's this kind of like you know i mean it's it actually there's almost a Rousseauian point here, right, so Rousseau writes about like a a, a sort of um s- state of nature right in which it's the noble savage right, and yeah, then people pre- in- a pre
0: social right and this is the difference for those of you who are who are you know uh not right. then, not necessarily playing political science the home game. This is like a big difference between Rousseau and someone like say Hobbes. Hobbes, exactly. Yeah. No,
1: that's exactly where I was going. Is that so? Hobbes believes is you know that whenever the Leviathan. You know, uh, which crumbles. is the state? Uh, yeah, there. so the state. Whenever the state disappears, anarchy just goes back, right? So it's that it is the state that that kind of creates the order.
0: Whereas, and that, from- and, that and that, outside of the state, the life of man is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short.
1: That's right. Uh that's why I, I actually in high school uh referred to myself as the state of nature. <laughs> because I was
0: I think Belinky once in college used it as as an insult for someone's dick. It's like your dick is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish and I'm
1: pretty short. sure I'm pretty sure I ghost wrote that joke. Um, <laughs> You may have
0: been. I don't think you were at Yale yet, actually. Because oh, uh, then I was,
1: guess it's just uh, it would have it been
0: when we were. It would have been when we were in uh, directed studies together. But oh, interesting. But, well, no,
1: then man. then it's just great minds. Great, you know, yeah. we, we we were destined to be friends then. <laughs> um, um, for for that for the our you know thinking of short and thinking of uh-huh. stature bangs. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah but just to finish up on Rousseau yes. is that the idea is that you know once you you know so in a in a Rousseauian world removing the state you know decapitating the state doesn't right. lead to to anarchy or it doesn't lead you back to his state of nature which is everyone you know being kind and good because the 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 damage of society you know you you still have kind of a uh an immoral society what 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 uh what uh Reinhold Niebuhr called uh, the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr called you know moral man immoral society right and so that um you know right. So I'm, I'm wondering – so Jenny wants to abolish this state and and sort of naively assumes right. that um, –
0: That she's – yeah, that it, within Blair's Hobbesian world, she naively assumes – she naively still holds uh, Rousseauvian assumptions.
1: Right, right, exactly. And, and so – but the thing is – and this is the thing, right? So the um, – You know, it's the mean girls, the new mean girls pull Blair back in, right? They text Blair and say, Jenny's ruining everything, right? And so, like, you don't see any anarchy, right? You don't see, like, anarchy in the, like, in the sense of chaos, right? You don't see, um, sort of, you know, uh, chaos break out. And so, I mean, what it shows is that, right, so there's uh, almost another it's you might even think that there's almost like a, a marxian reading of order here right so it's that it's that a certain class like a follower class like the, the, the petty bourgeois right um sure. which yeah, is these, exactly. the, these followers sort of see that you know the, it's in their interest for there to be a queen right they don't they, they aren't queens you know they can't be queens but they need a queen right because um in in a in a society where everyone's equal that's no good for them um and they they want to, they 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 thrive on being second best right and being second fiddles and they and they need that system and so um they, that i think that that's why they call in blair so it's and and this kind of you see this in politics also where certain classes raise the specter of chaos to justify authoritarianism um, Um, but it's unclear whether, you know, and so they even use Hobbes as a, as a, well, you know, if we don't have a dictator, uh, anarchy will ensue. But, you You know, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, or like, I mean, not to get too, uh, politically charged in our contemporary politics, but, you know, the threat of terrorism or something like that. Like, you know, a a very heavy law and order state protects us from the threat of terrorism.
1: Sure. I mean, that, that, um, is, you have that in... The wire, too, right, um you know both in very literal senses, and like i know is several points, the kind of you know, homeland security is shifting. You know, certain resources away from the war on drugs, or you know, things. Um, you know, the war on drugs gets actual political will behind it when it's linked to, to terrorism and to homeland security. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: There was that. There was that uh, television commercial, uh, maybe eighteen months, two years ago. That was these adorable children who were, you know, I don't know, smoking pot or something. And uh, instead of saying I smoked pot, they said, you know, I helped blow up buildings and things like this, right, because right, right, right. you know their pot money funds the the terrorists. Never mind that was that, uh, that was mind a... mind that as a uh, as an American, your pot money probably funds Mexican drug cartels who right. are who are not you know great folks either. But uh, you design... wouldn't say
1: you, you wouldn't say that they're in the business of terror.
0: Well, I think they're in the business of terror, but I don't think it rises to the to the level of 9-11. I mean, I I don't know. I guess if uh, unless you're like a Uh, unless you're a Mexican cop, like, trying to go straight or something like that.
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, I mean, I think that... Where where was my where's my thought there there was something else on the wire but I think I lost it um but I think that well let's let's talk about uh are, are we are we dry on 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 monarchy Do you have any parting thoughts on kind of uh, monarchy and, and the Habesian state or should well, we talk a little more about terror
0: It's like well right because terror because we can we can yeah we can end on terror because we can bring glee in as well
1: Here, Exactly here's
0: here's the thing that I was thinking uh, about monarchy This is like really this um. You know uh, these assumptions that, like, a people don't know their own interests, and so, but you know, Blair sees them sees herself as somehow very benevolent in her right. in her dictatorship. That uh, you know that the underlings don't know. Uh, you know, uh, don't know what's good for them in a sense. Right. And this, you know, this is something we saw in, in college when, you know, she wants to have like mani pedis and sushi catered from Masa. Right. Uh, whereas the kids want to, you know, drink pizza or drink pizza and eat beer or the other way around, eat pizza, and <laughs> drink beer, right. uh, you know, in a rooftop party, you know, where, uh, Dan hooks up with, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg.
1: Right, 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 um, right. right, So, Well, this is a a very Benthamite kind of view, right? So Bentham had this, like, um, view of utilitarianism that some people's Utility that they're maximizing are better Than others right so that like Some people actually like you Know that you should set the you know in, in terms of the question of whose utility to Maximize you know he actually has this Kind of um you know the Enlightened folk should maximize and the Other people will learn to appreciate it right And so there's a kind of a, um, a Benthamite logic behind That that reading of, of Which, of, of, I, which
0: yeah. I mean if we're all Honest I, I would say that we all kind Of hold that uh, not. not non-specialists, that is to say, you you probably have a more sophisticated understanding of it. But like, if we non-specialists are all honest with ourselves, I, I would venture to say that we, we probably hold a similar view that, you know, there are just some nicer people than others, right? And like, you know, who, who let's put the nice people in charge, of course, you know, it's a problem of elections is that you in order to win them you you really disqualify yourself from being fit to rule but
1: that, that's right that's right uh, i mean that's an interesting thing right is that well because it's a contest right as we, we jokingly alluded at the beginning right there is a certain you know as much as we're now engaged in a, in a productive uh discussion there's there is a certain in, in whether it is in the in the podcast realm or in, in the political realm it's it's underpinned by by violence by coercion, by um, by by threats, by fear, right? That to create these productive good things that we see as a democracy in order, there is um, there's 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 a power structure and there's a, and there's a struggle uh, within that. Not to be too captain, you know, Marxie Marxie or something like that. But, <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> right. Well. The, okay. And so that this, and then the the you see when the girls. It's funny the the girls the mean girls who text Blair are little. Um, I, I mean, what are they afraid of? I mean, I think
1: they're 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 irrelevant. Of, Irrelevance. Uh,
0: maybe or maybe they're afraid. Uh, Of there being no one to regulate the interactions among people and uh, Mm. the disposition of public goods.
1: Well, sure. I mean, I mean, especially about this point of regulating uh, interactions. I mean, that's you know, some theories of institutions um, say that what they do is they reduce uncertainty. They reduce is what you know economists call transactions costs, uh, which is just the the uncertainty given in in any kind of um, situation of will this person stab me in the back, or even on you know people who are more kind of sociologically inclined. Just in general, you know, what does this social situation situation mean uh who is my friend who is my enemy how do i you know it's it takes a, a a fair amount of cognitive capabilities right like socializing can be hard work and we have kind of you know culture helps to read you know culture and norms and and all this stuff you know helps us to um cut through that you you can look at someone and you know based on characteristics whether it's fashion whether it's this you know you you you, you you could have some shared understanding that reduces some of the friction or another model is you have tell you, you have someone telling you what to think and how to behave and then you don't have to think about it either but you know a variety of institutions you know it it basically it's a a shortcut that 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 prevents you from having to process, right? From using all of your processing power, figuring out how to every single situation goes, right? You you don't do a rational cost-benefit well, calculation right, exactly. in every interaction. Or um, here's, I mean,
0: here's a, a slightly more practical day-to-day example. You don't have to wait, fill wait, out. Wait,
1: my my examples aren't practical in day-to-day. You don't have to fill out a credit. <laughs> Am I app- abstract?
0: <laughs> you don't have to fill out a credit application at every gas station, right? Right. Your your credit is established through an institution uh, which which regulates the uh, money transactions between you and the gas pump.
1: You would be a quite good social scientist. I think you're wasting yourself in trades.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to teach college English, you know, that like... Well, I thing, I can do the same thing with Shakespeare, right? Like
1: you know it, well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a, a, I mean, but I think that you know you you that's like an excellent example. Of, I mean, you you really you know,
0: I'm gonna link to this podcast in my cover letter. On
1: my, on my I, I, I think that. you should. you know, I may and I may link to it uh, you know, in my course development because <laughs> Um, you know, oh, here, oh Ryan,
0: oh God, you have to make this podcast required listening for your students. At the- we're,
1: we're probably you know by then, hopefully we'll have worked out some of the more vulgar and uh, uh, problematic kinks. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I like but-
0: vulgar kinks
1: yeah exactly i was gonna say pun vaguely intended um but no but but we're so i think we are showing that there are definitely um you know there are definitely political and policy implications to the gossip girl and they're and, and they're to the gossip girl to gossip girl, um to the sonic youth miss blair the sonic youth is in traffic um, um so let's uh okay let's let's just with some terror yeah, let's wrap up with 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 terror. Um the, and, the, and
0: and the uses of terror uh as far as like maintaining uh power, right?
1: Right, right. And so I mean you you mentioned one, right? You mentioned one which is um uh, you know the the kind of fear of outside terror, the terror you know inflicted by another, by you know whether it's a national enemy or or a kind of shadowy network, um, as a as a way to kind of um, impose order. But um, I think that you know even um, you know throughout history a variety you know I guess a good thing about a uh, um, uh, a democratic government, a democratic pluralistic uh, society is that. You know, theoretically, rule is not exercised by by terror, by the fact that you could be, you know, plucked from your uh, fr- from your home at any point in time. But there are many political regimes around the world in which the government, in fact, um, no, but this,
0: this is like, look, this is there are there are levels of terror. I'm sorry. I'm jumping into gossip girl already. But
1: there, Go, there do are, it. I was just I was just setting see, it there up. Are, was,
0: there are politi- you're saying there are political rule, uh, regimes around the world where this is, in fact, the case and you can be disappeared at the drop of a hat. Sure, which is why you know everyone AmnestyInternational.org, you know, give generously, but because like this this actually exists in a non-theoretical right. way. But okay, so
1: um, by by Jim Scott's book, uh, the art of not being governed, <laughs> <laughs> the political um, the, prisoners.
0: <laughs> God, you and your fucking Burmese per- political prisoner. Sorry, uh, what? If
1: Wait, any, what?
0: You know what? If any Burmese political prisoners are listening to this podcast, Poland, that Jago 20 <laughs> Fat Jago one, right? Funny. So look, this Funny. is um, this is like the way this is deployed in a universe like Gossip Girl or in Glee with uh, what's her name, Sue, the, yeah. the <laughs> cheerleading coach, is the threat. Of arbitrary punishment. Not random punishment, but arbitrary punishment.
1: Well, I mean, Sue even actually says that, you know... So the interesting thing about Sue is that her arbitrary... It it is actually random. I think she even says, you know, I pick one person on the team at random and kick them off every week. (laughs) So so it's not only... It is arbitrary and random. Whereas I think a lot of... uh, In the world of Gossip Girl... Um, it it is, is
0: it's arbitrary but not random. And here's the thing. Here's the th- like. Here's the example of it from the last uh, from the last one. Uh, it's not the, uh, Jenny getting the girls to dump their yogurt on Eric's boyfriend, right? Because right. that is that is a specific response to a specific aggression. What right. it is is Jenny will maybe take the yogurt that you give her, or maybe yell at you and make you send it back.
1: Right. Exactly. But that's a, Actually, that's a great example. It's a great moment. And it's, it's her doing that. I mean, that's a Blair thing, too. Yes. Right. That yeah, is, yeah. That is
0: very much- and it's like this is really supported by, for example, the psychology literature. Even in your psychology 101 textbook, there will be about, you know, some section about conditioning rats and the <clears> way <throat> to really... Fuck a rat up is intermittent reward at random intervals and intermittent punishment at random right, intervals right, so right. if you if you condition the rat that it 's going to get cocaine uh, when it presses the lever. Uh, and then start shocking it when it presses the lever, but every so often give it some cocaine instead of shocking it. You are going to fu- you are going to create a you're going to create a servant class of rats, right. you know, and that this is I mean, and that this is how this this uh, this functions. This kind of. Intermittent uh, reward and arbitrary punishment at random mm-hmm. intervals serves to enslave people in a mm-hmm. way through a very basic cognitive mechanism that is at bottom a survival mechanism for
1: well and then, and then this can get layered on top of a more social kind of mechanism and so you know a, a different type of strategy of rule that sometimes sort of um, you know intersects with certain kinds of political terror is you know what 's called divide and rule right? right and so it's that you you then you you, you you layer on top of this system of kind of arbitrary punishment and reward um, a system of unequal treatment across subjects, right? And so that you 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 create sort of competition or rivalry um, between you, you favor some, but 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 they know that they could be kicked out of the, the sort of favored coalition at any time, right? And this is um, in in Glee when Sue is co-directing, right? She. Uh, uh, i mean it's a it's almost like a masterclass in, uh, in 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 the dynamics of divide and rule right she picks the um the, the, the sort of minority the students the ethnic minority kids the, the yeah the ethnic minority students and uh sort of uh, uh differently abled students um and, and put and <laughs> makes them makes them sue sue's kids right um that's funny uh, but you also see that I'm, I'm I'm struggling for a concrete example, but I'm sh- I, I feel like when I was thinking about this, there's b- examples of Blair utilizing this tactic as well. I mean, so there is actually a really good one in the uh, last episode, the one about the the toast, uh, the freshman toast, where um, Blair is preparing for her speech, and uh, one minion runs back to actually warn her that uh, Vanessa has the microphone, and 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 Blair goes, Oh, why are you annoying? And then she's like, "You're demoted. You're then minion number two. You're now minion number one, right?" And so it's it's this you know this shuffling of favorites. Um, it's actually, it actually was a classic strategy um, of like single party uh, like uh, authoritarian governments, um, and it was characterized by like the Moi regime in Kenya, where there was a tremendous amount of uncertainty of who would be in the cabinet, and you could easily be kicked out and lose the kind of access to patronage and the, the you know the favor of of the dictator. And it created a certain amount of um, – it, it, was, it was a major strategy for, for creating compliance in a regime that had very little legitimacy, very, you know, very who, little legitimate social base.
0: In, Who's in, that? In the day-to-day world is, uh, is like um, elementary and secondary school teachers. How so? Well, with by picking favorite by picking favorites, mm, you know, mm-hmm. you can sort of maintain order in a in a high school classroom.
1: Well, you sure, know what I parents mean? parents do this too, right? right? I mean, sibling rivalry among right? the
0: kids, yeah, for um. sure. Huh.
1: So yes. that's no, I think I think you're right. So there should be a gossip girl. There and that's not.
0: A, it's a, yeah, it's the gossip. So girl there should be there
1: should right. be um, toddler soap operas, basically.
0: Uh, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Which show us that like, well, Jimmy is in. Yeah, Jimmy is the favorite kid. Uh, Jimmy's like, the favorite kid today.
1: This is, here's the pitch. It's Muppet Babies meets Gossip Girl. Meets the wire. <laughs> meets the
0: wire. Now we let's close. <laughs> let's close on this, right? Like, um, you, we were joking before we started recording, but I think you should make this point sure. uh, on the air, which is that whereas, uh, w- which is that there are different sort of domains of application uh, for the public policy implications of something like the wire versus something like Gossip Girl.
1: Well, right, and so I think it gets to you know. At first, I even ingest suggested that we call this. this title of this episode, you know, Gossip Girl Implications for uh uh for for politics public and policy. public policy. Yeah, poli- um, I, and, and that's what we'll do. Um know? I think but but I I had joked just because that was what the wire I thing was called and you know people People treat you know and view a show like The Wire and a show like uh, uh, Gossip Girl very differently insofar as they can have you know their ability to have uh, important um, you know implications for for things that matter in the world things other than you know uh, indie rock and fashion and 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 sort of um, you know teen sex, right? But um, I think, you know, what What this conversation shows is that there, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going to say that the, uh, the 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 Gossip Girl has more implications for public policy in The Wire, but in The, the Wire, it's very literal. Each of the things that, um, you know, the public policy implications that were discussed in the panel last night, each one followed very directly from one of the major themes. It was about, you know, the nature of policing and, right. and policy towards or incarceration education. or education yeah, policy. Or union, specific. I mean, or, you know, our stance towards organized labor. Right, labor. That. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, um, and that's, you know, and those are all extremely important things, and I think that is, like, you know, why The Wire very, very, you know, justly deserved a panel, um, you know, of professors and actors uh, talking about it, because, you know, these, these things are often, in America, um, brushed under the rug, and they're not, you know, covered in the newspapers, which is kind of the subject of season five of The Wire. Um, and so, it has huge, you know, taking the show seriously as a document of, of urban Poverty of urban crime um, is is very important. I think that um, you know the, the lessons for um, from Gossip Girl are far far less literal. Right, it's not that we need to regulate our uh, our, our private secondary schools um, more more carefully. Um, but it's 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 that these. That you know, in some ways, they have more. the 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 applications are more abstract, right? So to get the political applications, you have to abstract one or two levels um, from from the source material. But when you get there, I mean it, it. it shows – it has a lot of relevant um, applications for understanding statecraft, for understanding legitimacy uh, and, and sort of the social basis of politics um, in a yep. way that even a lot of professional political scientists ignore because um, that, that, it's, it's a very hyper-social sh- show, right? It, 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 it sort of it, – it, it, f- it focuses at root on the relationships between sort of dyads and triads of people but also embeds them within a certain kind of – So there's a set of horizontal relationships that are also um, embedded in a set of vertical relationships and a set of uh, institutions. And
0: even in those dyadic or triadic relationships, what's being being transacted is uh, soft power.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And right. So it's the um, both the kind of um, ability of of slightly kind of personal forms of of coercion, or even these kinds of you know even softer forms of setting the agenda of um, of 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 kind of being um, a player, so to speak, uh, within within uh, social um, social circles. I think that tells us a lot about you know not only about our own society, but about you know fundamental. Issues of you know failed states, right? Jenny's uh, Jen- this episode showed Jenny as the ruler of a failed state, r- r- someone who's like failing to really understand the levers of uh, um, of statecraft and lacking the courage to actually create sort of legitimate institutions, right? She's kind of um... or lacking
0: lacking the the like the real politique.
1: Well, right. Well, it was, was thing where she's almost like, um, especially like the failed attempt to kind of remove the the queenship and think that everything will go back to normal i mean it's almost like a, a neocon like circa iraq like pre-iraq 2003 Yeah, it's it's what's,
0: his, what's his name francis fukuyama right it's the end uh, of history
1: fukuyama, right or or uh wolfowitz or something like that right like um yeah, exactly sort of all we have to do is is take away the, the bad seed and um and you know put in a good kind of person at the head um and 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 we'll get a new kind of order Right? and and, and, and ignore, she ignored you know like a a courageous Jenny would have kind of seen what was there as it was, not as she wanted it to be, and and sort of harnessed that to create the change she wanted to see in the world, right what, um, do, you you inst- do,
0: do you want to change the world? Harness your phone. And call us at twenty fat jog zero one. That's two zero, I'm sorry, Ryan. Was there one more point in there?
1: No, no, that was it. I, I, I mean, if I had just known that you were going to cut me off, I would have modulated my voice downwards, to make a <laughs> to stop me, that you were that you were cutting me off. But no, I was. I, I, I uh, yeah. I, you,
0: well, I thought you had cashed out that idea pretty pretty. It completely. was cash yeah. but
1: uh, <laughs> the idea. But you still cut cash. you. You still cut me the fuck off.
0: <laughs> Are you? Uh, do you want to cut us the fuck off? That's uh, twenty fat jog zero one or uh podcast at overthinking make sure make sure if you want to subscribe to this show that you go to overthinking and um and uh, and subscribe. Click through to the iTunes link that that I will put in the show notes, and subscribe separately to this podcast because we are going to separate it out, separate from the main overthinkingit.com site, separate from the work of uh, of the blog, separate from the Overthinking It podcast. All alone, it will be these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers.